Hello, welcome to the Montessori Minute podcast. My name is Melissa McElhill, that's M-C-E-L-H-I-L-L. And today I'm looking at the absorbent mind. So the absorbent mind, written by Maria Montessori, is volume one in the Montessori series. Um, but it was actually published uh, late, later, it was published in 1949. And it's the last book that Maria Montessori publishes specifically about infant and child development. It draws upon her experience, you know, the things that she discovered as time went on. And I think because of that, it's confident, it's authoritative, um, and it's surprisingly optimistic. You know, here's a woman who lived through two world wars, and yet she still has this, this utmost faith in humanity, which is really touching. So why am I running through this? So basically, I found that during my uh, AMI diploma experience, I didn't really get a lot of support in terms of reading. Um, you know, we were given a long list of books that we had to read, and, um, and that was it, really. You know, so go ahead. So I thought, um, okay, fine, I'll read everything. I'll make some notes. And um, while I think it's always best to go to the original source when you can, you know, nothing replaces reading Maria Montessori's words. I feel as though, you know, I want to share what I've learned because not all of us have the time to kind of sit down and, and go through this. So um, you may have noticed, and if you listen to any of my previous podcasts, I summarised a chapter in one minute. And what I found is, uh, you know, this kind of learning just doesn't really go well, doesn't really kind of shoehorn itself into one minute bursts. So what I'm going to do, I'm trying to do sort of the best of both worlds. I'm going to give five main points for every chapter, which will, you know, like be super quick. And then I'm going to go through a summary, which gives us a chance to really sort of dig in. And so I hope that if you're out there and you're reading The Absorbent Mind, this will help you along the way. So without further ado, let's crack on with chapter one. So the five main points for chapter one, which is called The Child's Part in World Reconstruction. Point one, while it's generally accepted that education is the solution to mankind's problems, how we should educate is still very much disputed. Point two, Montessori argues that we should educate the whole human being and not just the mind, right? So we shouldn't have university graduates who are who are underdeveloped and don't really know how to live their lives. We want, um, you know, well-rounded human beings that aren't just gifted in academic subjects. Point three, the child's mind is absorbent. And of course, this is going to style throughout the whole book. Um, but for now, it takes in its surroundings and builds itself from them. It works without a teacher. For example, look at language acquisition. And it seems to be very well protected, you know, from adult reasoning especially between zero and two years old. You know, if you're trying to get a two-year-old to do something that they don't want to do, and I, trust me, I know how difficult that is. Uh, number four, uh, children are endowed with incredible powers, right? They're greater than ours. They have this huge capacity to learn. And by inference, you know, Montessori argues that they have the capacity to adapt and to save mankind. Point five, the achievements a child makes, for example, the child learns to walk, are his achievements alone. They're not ours, right? And these achievements take effort. So while children need our help, we should not view them as helpless. So a summary for you. 
I've written that only by changing the way we educate can we save mankind from self-destruction. Look at the people around you. Most of them have not reached their full potential. You know, people can't pay their rent in time. They don't know what kind of person they want to be in a relationship with. Um, they can't watch the news and assess, you know, what's fact and what's fiction. We still can't live together. So, of course, that's the issue now. But what Montessori has noted is that we still can't live together as a human race without resorting to conflict. And so we have a long way to go in terms of human development. We need to readdress the way we approach education, right? This was point one. We need to educate the whole being rather than just transmit knowledge in isolated institutions and have people enter society with no experience of it. And of course, as I mentioned, you know, on the lighter side of things, you've got people who kind of can't really cope with life but get by. But then on the darker side, the flip side, you've got people who end up, you know, with criminal minds. Um, there was a, a note I read by Haim Jinnot, who was an Israeli child psychologist. And when he was a head teacher, he would write to his new teachers, and I'll quote him. I am a survivor of a concentration camp. My eyes saw what no person should witness. Gas chambers built by learned engineers. Children poisoned by educated physicians. Infants killed by trained nurses. Women and babies shot by high school and college graduates. So I am suspicious of education. My request is this. Help your children become human. Your efforts must never produce learned monsters, skilled psychopaths or educated Eichmanns. I think you know, this is exactly what Maria Montessori is talking about. We don't need people who are only gifted at academic subjects. We need well-rounded individuals if we're going to get anywhere and make any progress. Montessori also notes, children are endowed with incredible powers from birth, powers which we no longer have. They have a mind that absorbs its surroundings and teaches itself. So we should put our focus on the child's environment and provide what is useful rather than oppressing the child and shoehorning them into something that isn't right for them. They learn from birth and so we should educate from birth. So those are the main points and the summary. And then lastly, I want to give you two quotations which I thought were particularly useful you know, in the way they sum up ideas. So the first, for what use is, sorry, for what is the use of transmitting knowledge if the individual's total development lags behind? And the next quotation, man whose true nature is shown in his capacity for free development, whose greatness became visible, directly mental oppression ceased to bear upon him. Well, thank you for listening. I'll see you next time for chapter two. And in the meantime, feel free to check out my blog, shanghaishoulders.com. Thanks.